Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roaring D20s podcast. I am your sleep-deprived dungeon master, Scott Jones, and today we've got our normal band of adventurers with us, who I will let introduce themselves, starting with Caitlin. Hey, I'm Caitlin McCaig, a tiefling who is ready to not get drunk and break walls. <laughs> good start, good start. Let's move over to Chris. Hello, I'm Marcus Wayland, and uh, a human trying to keep things together. <laughs> and how do you think that's going, Marcus? Not well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Moving on, let's get an introduction from Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm Gork, a half-orc barbarian. And if there isn't drunkenness and wall breaking, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> All right, Jesse, you're up next. Uh, yep, that's me, uh, Bartholomew Sinclair, the half-elf bard. Uh, and I'm here, honestly, probably trying to push people into doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. So, you know, great stuff. I'm concerned. Should be. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, we have Josh. Hey, Josh here. I'm Uther Binier, a half-elf wizard, and I have clearly have done nothing wrong yet. <laughs> yet. A good boy. Yet. <laughs> a sinless man. I've just been enjoying the view. Right. Alrighty then. That being said, when last we met, it was the day before the start of the Kamani Mead Festival in which our party are acting as guards. After a long, drunken night full of betting, brawling, and the busting of walls, ah. uh, the party was told to leave the meadery grounds for the day while they attempted a quick repair and ended up going into town. Uh, into the town of Gil, uh, in which they met Mama Freya, the uh, energetic and mute baker who made a sculpture of Gork out of bread, which he heartily and eagerly devoured. Yes. Uh, after that, they spent some time exploring the town. Gork also sent some post. Correct. And they headed back and prepared for the beginning of the Mead Festival. I'm a busy so orc. <laughs> <laughs> so as we move into the start of today's session, all of you have been woken up pretty early. It's maybe 8 o'clock in the morning. The Mead Festival is set to start at 11, and you are currently being given your assignments by Lucian, the halfling individual who was yelling at Marcus the day before about his party's actions, because, as we all know, since Marcus is the party leader, he needs to take responsibility for their actions. Uh, yeah, Marcus. That being said, <laughs> Lucian is now standing where Alzen Dervish was when he introduced you to uh, the, the guard outpost and is uh, currently giving out assignments. And he'll, he looks around and he says, all right, Barnum, you're going to be on the north side of the gate. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We have a, a couple of people that we had volunteer for the internal uh, guarding the tours. We'll, we'll have you go over that uh, uh, on, the, on the left side. On the le and he, he's, he gets a little bit flustered as he's saying that. And he shuffles a couple of pieces of paper in his hands. And he says, so we have McKay, McKay, Caitlin. And Uther, you are being assigned to guard the tour area. Uh, if you head through that door ahead of you, head straight through, take a left, you'll see a bunch of large kegs. That's where the touring area starts. Uh, somebody there will help explain what you're responsible for. I am not responsible right. for children. Come on, Uther, let's just go. Um, sir, this is an alcohol festival. There shouldn't be many children. Who do you think I mean? What? <laughs> a sinless boy. He's never done anything wrong. 
All right. Just well, Lucian, Lucian looks visibly confused, also almost as visibly confused as I, Scott, look right now because I have the absolutely no idea adults. what he's talking about. The drunken adults. Oh, you mean your party? Okay, no. got it, got it. Just no, double checking. No. Uh, as Lucian continues reading down the list, he says, okay, so we've got Gork. I have been told that uh, your assignment must be as far away from walls as humanly possible. That being said, you've been assigned to guard the South Corridor, along with your friends Bartholomew and Marcus. Is a corridor not just two long walls? Gork thinks philosophically. Uh, <laughs> the, the, southern, the southern corridor, it's the southern courtyard. This it's is outside. a confusing division. Then would that, that just not be the southern <clears throat> please, courtyard? Please, please, please just go outside. <laughs> Come on, don't Gork. We'll have some fun Bring while we're out there. Gork has many thoughts. About corridors and courtyards, as he just sort of stumbles away. Gork, uh, make an intelligence check. We all know. We all know that it's going to be a twenty because I am a very intelligent. It's a. It's a one. Not a natural. Not, a natural, though. <laughs> not a natural, which means what did you roll, Gork? A two. Minus one. Excellent. Excellent. Gork, you're pretty sure that corridor and courtyard are the same thing. Correct. You can, like, see the hamster. You can hear just, the hamster in his I'm head. I'm really but, looking yeah. forward to those corridor walls in that giant open space. Right. Don't worry, my friend. You will see them. So at that point, he uh, gives out the rest of the assignments and then scurries along the uh, the catwalk over to where you can see Alzen Dervish standing talking to a couple of different individuals. Uh, at this point, before you all split off to go your separate ways, Barnum will actually approach you, Caitlin. I'll say, hello, hello, so today's the day. Are you ready to lose some money? Yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to lose. I feel I'm going to get paid today. All right, well, I've gotten special permission to get you away from the uh, guarding the touring area so you can see the opening ceremony. Wonderful. I'm just staring open-eyed at her at this moment. <laughs> don't leave me with the drunken adults. I mean, nobody's drunk yet. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, that being said, at this point, you are being asked to separate and head to the different areas. Gork, Bartholomew, Mockus, you'll be expected to head to the southern courtyard and see what's going on there with preparations. And then Caitlin and Uther, you'll be expected to head inward to the tour starting area. So Have fun with the first? tour, Caitlin and Uther. I will. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cheer up, buddy. <laughs> Don't lose too much money. No, I yeah, who wants to go? go first? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, we'll go. All right. With the lack of volunteers. Thank you, Marcus, as the party leader, for stepping up as uh. always. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibility. <laughs> As the three of you make your way towards the southern courtyard, you can see that there are tons of people currently there setting up different stalls, different booths. Um, some people you recognize that you've seen over in town over the past couple of days, and a lot that you don't. Uh, you notice that the Mead Festival has been split into two distinct sections with the actual meadery, the large building, taking up the center space. All of it is being held within the walls that surround the grounds. Um, but it's split into north and south. The north has the main stage, where you assume the entertainment for the day is going to be, where you assume Alzen Dervish is going to give his opening speech. Um, 
surrounding it are different bar areas. You can see people are setting up different food platters, cheeses, fruits, um, a couple of different alcoholic beverages that you can see on display so far, but most of the alcohol doesn't seem to have been brought out yet. The southern courtyard looks like a smaller version of the northern. There is a smaller stage, and you can see that there are a couple of different performing groups who are setting up instruments, so there will be some live entertainment. Uh, on the east side of the southern courtyard, you can see there are a couple of bars that have been set up, and uh, there are some bartenders currently stocking the alcohol that they'll have there. But the main... I suppose attraction or the main draw is going to be the stalls. There's a, a 10 foot wide road that leads all the way down the southern courtyard and on the left and the right you've got different vendors currently setting up their wares. That being said, the guards are currently gathering near the stage. Do you join them? Yeah. Sure. As Wild you walk games. up, um, a human looks over to you and he says, ah! You must be the last three we're waiting for. Takes one look at Gork and says, Yep, you're the last three we're waiting for. Very proud. <laughs> he is the Brute Squad. I am <laughs> the one they need. He says, Name's Donnie. I'm in charge of the shifts that you will be assigned today during the festival. So I guess the question becomes, when do you want your break? That's going to be when you're allowed to drink, not in excess. And he looks at you three specifically. Um... That's when you'll be allowed to peruse, to drink, other things like that. We're going to be having two guards near the stage, three patrolling the grounds, two protecting the entrance to the meadery. So who wants what? I want to be as close to the stage as possible. Close to the stage as possible. Can do. You'll be our southern guard. Um, yeah, you'll take the left side of the stage, and then he points to one of the other guards that's uh, kind of staring off at the vendors that are setting up and says, and you'll be the right Anybody have a preference for roaming patrol versus standing guard at the gates? Uh, I think I'd rather roam, if that's all right. All right, we got a roamer, and your name is? I'm Marcus. Marcus ah, Wheeler. the party leader. What? What? All right, Marcus, you're in <laughs> no. charge of the roaming group. Uh, right. You, big guy, you're going to go with him. Gork is good at the wander mm -hmm. over yonder. I, I imagine. <laughs> I've heard that when you sit still, things tend to break. Gork is unsure how that happens. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, and he says, well, with the two of you there, we can actually probably afford to have a third guarding the gates. We do have more doors than we do people today. So we'll just leave the uh, the patrol to the two of you, if that's okay. There you go. All right, all right. Uh, and he leads all of you. Uh, let's see, there are seven guards in total, including the three of you. Uh, he leads all of you around and shows you the, the stage. There is a, a set of stairs on either side of the stage leading up. Uh, there is a quick escape set of, uh, staircase in the back if they need to run to the south. Past the southern stage is the actual gate that marks the end of the metery proper, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then in between the stage and the metery, You've got a bunch of tables where people are assumed they're going to sit down, have their drinks, have their meals, and listen to the entertainment. Are there any questions about the setup of the Southern Courtyard? Because that is going to come into play later, so I'd rather get that out of the way now. I, uh, I, none immediately. It's, it's a very a lot to uh, <laughs> think about, so I guess we'll take it as we come. Okay, sounds good. All right, um, moving... Okay. I actually yes, have a quick question, sorry. Uh, my question is, um, so you have the stage set up in the south, most southern area, and behind is like some escape stairs to the south. Uh, do those stairs lead anywhere except just off stage, or is it behind a curtain, anything like that? 
Good question. There is a curtain. It does, the stairs do just lead off the stage, but there is a curtain guarding it. And the curtain is a really obnoxious shade of purple. Oh, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Classy. Propel. Yes, propel. (laughs) It's nasty water. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Hashtag Uh, definitely not sponsored. (laughs) I love I love LaCroix. <laughs> With flavors like hint of hint of strawberry. A dream one had of lime. <laughs> of lemon. There were lemons near this at one point. <laughs> one man once pretended he knew what a kumquat was. <laughs> Somebody threw this can at a watermelon. <laughs> Is wow. this a guava? <laughs> Adjacent to adjacency I, to a dragon fruit. I really hope we can include all of this. <laughs> now I just want to make a shirt with all of these can names on it. It's lore now. I definitely stole the hint of hint of strawberry. <laughs> all right, we won't use that one, but we'll use nah, our we'll, other we'll one. We'll use all of them. It's all right, fine. are there any other questions about the southern courtyard? Nope. All right. Silence is golden. In that case, we're going to move on to Uther and Caitlin. As you uh, make your way towards where the tours are going to start, you notice that there are open double doors on the west side of the metery proper. That's where the touring is going to start. You can see that there are a couple of tables set up that have forms. Um, You take a look at the forms. They're essentially... The best way to describe it without going into too much detail is an NDA. <laughs> it's oh, like okay. you agree not to touch anything, <laughs> not to talk about anything in specifics, not to take anything, not to wander away from the group. It's a it's a waiver more than an NDA. Um, there are a couple of people currently setting up, setting out quills, setting out ink, things like that. Uh, there are also a group of guards setting up here, though there are far fewer. There are only four of you in total, including yourself, Caitlin, and you, Uther. And one of them is Lathai, Uther's oh. favorite person. Mm, fun. <laughs> <laughs> and as you walk up, he turns to you and says, ah, welcome, welcome. I see I, you uh, didn't have a hangover this morning. Uh... We had the great healing power of bread on our side. And hopefully sleep. And he looks at you, Uther, restraint, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. Of course not. Of course not. Never sinned in a day. <laughs> Good Wrecked. boy. I'm just taking out a piece <laughs> of bread and just eating it, just staring at him. <laughs> he smiles at you, and, and despite... Your hatred of him, he seems to like you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not hatred, it's like deep-rooted suspicion. (laughs) Listen, we had a two-minute conversation in episode eight about your just general hatred of the bourgeois. Like, it was a whole thing. I had to go back and listen to it to try and find Lefai's voice. And during that time, I was like, Jesus, Josh really hates these people. <laughs> it's just every time you've met a royal, you know, when, when you were like, oh, I don't trust the court healers to heal Daphne. It's like, why? <laughs> Uther has yes. traumatic backstory with royals. Apparently. <laughs> I feel like that got ran over by a royal. No, they, uh, they chucked out perfectly good bread. 
Uther got run over by Royal. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just standing there. Back from the bakery one Sunday. <laughs> my gosh. I'm just going to sit here and eat my bread. Damn. Man, we are really ragging on you this You could episode. say he doesn't like the bourgeois. Oh, man. Oh, my fucking But God. as me and Caitlin, we believe. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow appears in the sky. Oh my gosh. And it says DMCA. <laughs> Listen, we're not that good at singing. <laughs> yeah, the so plane flies in the sky and the flag on it says cease and desist. <laughs> Why is there a plane in this world? Wait, Shh. hold on. <laughs> it's a plane demon. The law has no use for magic. It's like being being at the Renaissance Festival and just seeing a plane fly by. Somebody cast right. the fly spell, okay? Medieval. That being said, uh, rather than meeting another guard here, you actually meet up with one of the tour guides. Her name is Lena. Um, she's a smaller gnome individual, and she looks up at you and says, Ah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. We're going to have two of you patrolling the catwalks, and then two of you are going to run with the actual tour groups, one at a time. We only have two going simultaneously, so that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Lafai here has already volunteered to be one of the people on the catwalks, and has recommended you, Uther, to join him. Is that okay with you? I sit here in silence. Sure. You know what? He would love to. I just, Uther's all about catwalks. It's just totally his thing. Yeah, heights. Heights are definitely my thing. <laughs> she looks over at you and says, great, great. Well, you know, <laughs> trust me. Lafay is great at ranged combat. If there's any sort of issue, I'm sure that he'll be there to help you out. And Lafay looks at you and gives you this big, like, menacing looking grin as though he knows exactly yeah. what he's about to put you through and says, I have your back, Uther. I scratch my nose with my middle finger. Thank you. <laughs> I ship um, it. Make a deception check, well. my friend. Uh, that is a great 17. A 17. Lena does not appear to notice you uh, scratching your nose with your middle finger. <laughs> Lefai right. does, of course, but... A sinless boy. <laughs> <laughs> so is it count as sinning if he doesn't get caught? <laughs> No. Apparently, the tree not. falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it. Has the tree committed a grave error? Wrong. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm a little lost on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm a little lost in general. <laughs> I approve. Oh, right. right. Walls, so you know. Excellent. Uh, um, that being said, I have a Uther. few questions. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, at least I was on the right direction this time. Mm-hmm. Right, so, a few questions. Um, catwalks. Uh, is there only they? one way to get up to said catwalk, or are there multiple ways to get uh, up Lena there? will look at you and says, there are actually two sets of stairs, one on the north side and one on the south side. She'll point out the north side stairs, which wind up to get to the catwalk, which runs the length of the top of the metery. You have seen uh, one example of when these have been used was when Lucian was giving out 
the assignments this morning and when Alzen Dervish addressed you when you first got to the meadery itself. Uh, they run the length of each of the halls of the meadery. Mm -hmm. uh, Lena will point out some of the ways that they go and, and will tell you, well, there's a few of these doors that lead to restricted areas. They will, of course, be locked, uh, so you won't have any trouble accessing them. The tours themselves only go through two of the halls, and she'll point out the door on the east end of the catwalk you're on and say, uh, you'll only have to go through this one. All we ask is that you patrol every now and then, make sure everything's fine. I see, okay. And then the double doors are to the west side, correct? Yes, the double doors are the entrance. That's how people are going to be getting in to start the tours. Those are not on the catwalk. Those are on the ground floor. On the ground floor, okay. And it falls to two halls. All right, that um, that answers my question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Caitlin, did you have any questions? Who's my uh, travel buddy to go with the tours? <laughs> Your travel buddy uh, is actually, <laughs> sorry, this one's pretty funny to me. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yours is actually a dwarven female. Her name is Nabat. Oh. And she looks up to you and she kind of grins. She's got a big, like, plump red nose and this smile that reveals she's missing a couple of teeth. She's bulky and looks like she can handle herself really well in a fist fight. But how hey. big is her beard, though? How big is your beard? Um, <laughs> honestly, you've seen better, Gork. Uh, well, you're not there, but Caitlin, you've seen better. The imagine, imagining, really. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And as she walks up, she sticks a hand out and says, It's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Oh, man, that is a very firm handshake. Uh -huh. And as she okay. shakes your hand more and more, you can feel your shoulder kind of getting jostled a little bit. I'm, I'm a little squishy, a little squishy. Hold on. <laughs> she kind of claps you on the back and says, Looking forward to working with you. I think it's going to be a great time. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, is there any way that the five of you pass your time in the three hours you have until the festival starts properly? I'm going to go around. I'd like to do the tour route um, before we actually give the tours, because I just kind of want to see where we're going, maybe scope out some like hidey holes or like rooms that people could be potentially getting into mischief in or could pop out of just kind of like laying the land before we walk the tour absolutely um lena will agree wholeheartedly she'll say that's an excellent idea and i look forward to hearing what you have to say uh, nabat will agree to go with you um, and lena will actually lead you on the tour route so the first thing it does is it goes through the main hall where they sign in you take a look at all of the awards that the kamani meadery has earned over the last almost 150 years of being in business Wow. Um, and there are many of them. It includes little trinkets like they have the first bottle they ever sold, which they somehow got back. Uh, they have the first award that they won. Uh, awards over the years for best recipe, best tasting mead, uh, best drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you take a closer look at that one, the best drunk award, and it has to do with uh, a drinking contest that apparently took place some 60 or 70 years ago in which a different half-orc, not named Gork, uh, got in a contest uh, drinking the honey mead and managed to down 23 pints of the stuff before finally wow. blacking out. Uh, it was considered a legendary uh, a legendary drinking contest. There was no fighting involved. Oh, that's a 
terrible contest. <laughs> <laughs> it is not nearly as legendary as Gorks would be. Well, well it, there it was... lacks the multifaceted appeal that require that glory requires. <laughs> Does Gork know what any of those words mean <laughs> aside from glory? <laughs> Specifically, glory. Multifaceted is one of those things he saw in a book and was just like, "That sounds delicious." Well, I'm a, I'm a little surprised that you used it properly. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of Williams coming out in that one. Oh, the corridor no. is a courtyard. The corridor <laughs> is a courtyard. <laughs> but then the bar fight has a multifaceted approach. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Gork knows battle math. That's the way that I describe it. We described that for a different character in one of my other campaigns about how they're terrible at math and they've got an intelligence of like seven, but battle math... That's a different story. If I leave different 60 math. feet this week and uh, take my uh, sword and swing it at this perfect angle, somehow, every time. Right. Kindergarten edu kindergartner's education in everything but battle, which I have a PhD. Oh, it's like, yeah. It's like Robert Downey Jr. playing Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Discombobulate. Gork, do they call you Dr. Payne? I'm not sure what a doctor is. Well, you just said you had a PhD. <laughs> I heard those words and they sounded delicious. <laughs> Just like alphabet soup. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's how Gork learned name. to spell his name with alphabet soup. <laughs> he spelled it G R C. Gork. Gork. All right. That being said, if there are no other questions, when there's about twenty. Oh wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. That's my bad, Caitlin. We're still going through the tour area. So after you get past the award section, you head into the first large area, which is their bottling section. This is realistically the end of the mead creation process, and you've known from the people that you've talked to, uh, as well as your history of the Kamani Meadery, which Barnum did give you on the way over here that they keep their recipe a closely guarded secret. So you're not really expecting to find anything about their actual brewing process. Uh, they do talk a little bit uh, in the bottling area. There are definitely people there inspecting each bottle. Normally, the meadery probably wouldn't be open on a day like this, but it's more for show than anything else. Uh, each one has a label and a stamp of approval after it gets bottled. Uh, you can see some of the kegs where they finish the brewing and start bottling it themselves. Uh, the inspectors in particular are very, and you can tell this just by looking at them, they are very precise in their work. If there's anything wrong with a bottle, it gets rejected. And just in the time that you spend in this room, which is only maybe a minute or two, you've seen them reject maybe nine or ten bottles, which is a lot considering how much goes into creating a bottle of mead. Right. It could be something like the label is on sideways or the cap didn't get screwed on tightly enough or this one looks like a slightly darker color. Maybe the consistency wasn't right. Um, Interesting. As far as Heidi holes are concerned, if you could go ahead and give me a perception check, please. Um, 16. 16. Uh, with a 16, looking around in this particular room... Heidi holes aren't going to be the problem. The problem is going to be it's already full of people. Mm, got it. Um, there's not really a lot of places for you to hide. And as you look up, you can see that the catwalk does uh, spread across the length of this room or span across the length of this room on the ceiling. And as you look up, you can see that Lathai is already on his rounds taking a look at the area. There's not really a lot of places for him to duck into. But if there was a hidey hole up there, you would assume that Uther would catch it. Got it. Assuming he was still conscious. 
I sorry, conscious. sorry, Josh. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Yeah, so far. Sorry, Josh. Couldn't help it. Um, that being said, it would be very difficult to memorize all of the faces that are currently in this room. And even though they are all wearing a uniform, which consists of, you guessed it, a bright purple tunic that matches oh. the color of the curtain that you that the other three of you saw outside. Gross. If somebody had that uniform, you would not be able to tell one person from another. Okay. All right. As you make your way out of the bottling area, the tour really isn't that long, and you, uh, Lena will tell you on the way there that they have this whole spiel that they go over. They stop at several of the awards since the awards hallway spans the length, or it spans a, a quite a long ways itself. Um, you spend a long time in the bottling room, and then the very end is just a tasting area. So the final room of the tour just has free samples. Got it. And then it actually exits out of the south door, which, as you make your way towards, you can see has two guards on the outside of it. You don't recognize either of them. Okay. <laughs> because none of your party members took door duty. <laughs> <laughs> wow, two guards. Yep. Great. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other questions for Lena? Um, I think that's it for me. Okay. Uh, as you turn around, you can see that Nabot doesn't have any questions as she's eyeing the free samples. <laughs> <laughs> Nabot. I know. Drinks later. I know. During breaks, afterwards, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and as you turn around, I need you to make another perception check, please. Uh, 18. Uh, as she passes you on the way back, she throws an empty into the garbage. <laughs> Nabot. It's just one. Okay, that's your only one. I need you as backup today. I'll be fine. It'll be uh -huh. great. It'll be fantastic. It'll be absolutely amazing. Ooh, and then she hiccups. Okay, look, I know you're a dwarf and your constitution is probably much better than mine, but please, I need your help. I will be perfectly fine up until about seven. And I'm only at five, so it's good. Uh, you're already at five? <laughs> she slaps you on the back and says, just a little joke, just a little joke. I don't know. Can I, like, check if she's actually joking? Make an insight check. <laughs> oh, Nat one. Nat I don't know one. fucking shit. <laughs> You've had a lot of experiences with dwarves in your life, or in your life. I almost said in your lives. I have multiple lives. You do. Yeah. You're a cat. Uh, um, yeah. You have you have had Catlin a decent amount of experience with dwarves. However, you find that when it comes to dwarves and alcohol. It's really a, it's a scale. You have absolutely no idea where Nabot falls on it. it she could be the type of dwarf that uh, gets drunk right after one, depending on the strength of the stuff. She could be the type of dwarf that doesn't get drunk. You've met a couple of those in your time. You're a little guarded because you have absolutely no idea which one she is, but you think it's best to err on the side of safety. And by that, I mean trust. You absolutely trust Nabot. She knows her better than you know her. Yeah, she knows what how much she can drink. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, failed the check. Is about to lose money. No, I'm not going to lose money. <laughs> sure you aren't. I'm going to get a reaction out of him. I just got to find a way to get it. Do you remember the specifics of the bet? I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, it was just like, because he was very... Um, droll. Well, not droll. Yeah, That's droll. funny. Yeah, droll. And so we were wanting like more emotion behind his feeling. Yeah. You, you, you questioned whether or not somebody like Alzen Dervish would be able 
to draw in a crowd like this with what you assumed was his terrible charisma. Uh, Barnum no. informed you that he was a very different person when he was doing his announcement and during the festival, and you said BS. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> and then I had a lot to drink the other yeah, night. I don't remember. Yeah. And then Bartholomew... <laughs> egged you on until you took the bet. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. That being said, we are going to move on. It is now about 10 minutes before the Mead Festival starts. Uh, Nabat and Caitlin, you are currently in the front waiting for the first tours to go through when Barnum walks through the doors and he points at you and says, I need to steal you. It's time. Okay. I am ready to see this man somehow have more charisma than he did the other night. Uh, Nabat will look at you and, and she'll say, wait, wait. Where are you going? I'll be right back. Just, I'll be gone. I, I have a really important bet to win. Okay, well, I guess I'll take the first tour. Yeah, no one's there to stop me from taking the samples. Hey, the bot. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> Only joking. I don't know. <laughs> 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 you got me. What a goof. And she, she starts to make up. the motion telling you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you follow Barnum, he says, so, so, how are you enjoying so far? I mean, it's pretty fascinating. I know uh, my family, uh, they know quite a few people in Heliconia who do make, you know, different meads and wines and things, but I've never actually been to any of the facilities, so I am thoroughly enjoying just seeing kind of the behind the scenes of how these are made. Very nice. Well, you know, after the festival is over, we should take the tour proper and we can have our, our little group here get drunk without destruction of property. Very true, and I think this time I will know better to uh, keep Gork a little under control. And uh, Bar at this point, Barnum kind of elbows you a little bit and says, ah, so that's two things you're going to learn today. <laughs> What's the second thing I'm going to learn now that I can't control Gork? <laughs> You'll see in about five minutes. Oh. <laughs> and at this point, you make your way into the North Courtyard, which is, uh, like I said earlier, looks like a much larger version of the South. Uh, the stage with the really obnoxious purple curtain is about twice the size of the one that I described in the South Courtyard. Uh, there are several instruments set up behind it. You can see that the trays of food have now been laid out and are being uncovered. Uh, looking from here, you can see that the North Gate has just opened and people are flooding in to surround the stage. Um, Barnum actually takes you right up to the stage itself and into the background where there are three guards surrounding Alzen Dervish who is looking down at a piece of paper he has in his hand and is kind of muttering to himself. And the, the words that you can catch from that are, uh, 146 years, <laughs> Mead Festival, uh, 15th. And it's just things like that. And it's in Alzin's very normal, boring tone of voice. <laughs> So you wanted to bring me up close and personal to watch you lose that money to me, right? <laughs> Barnum just starts chuckling a little bit. Uh, after I'm hoping to win him <laughs> over with my charisma so he doesn't take my money. <laughs> How much was the bet? Wasn't it like five gold or was it more than that? Uh, I don't remember. I felt it was a lot. <laughs> Bartholomew, do you remember? Um, If I remember correctly, I feel like it was I think two gold pieces. It wasn't much. Fifty. I mean, I could make something up for you if you'd like. Uh, it's okay. I feel like it's about to be 50. Let's just make it 50. All right. This is going to be good for you. I can't wait to go back and hear what it actually was. And it was right, like, it's gonna be it like, was like five silver. Copper pence. Oh my God. 
crisp uh, high five. <laughs> oh my god. Didgeridoo. Who said a crisp high five? That was me. Shame on you. Take inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, with two minutes to go until the start of the festival, Barnum will actually take you over to the side of the stage where you can get a front row seat to the opening speech. Oh, God. Um, The noise dies down as Alzen Dervish takes the stage, um, accompanied by an individual you don't recognize who pulls out a wand. Shut up, Josh. Um, (laughs) I didn't even say anything. Waves it. That's that's good. Let's keep it that way. Um, (laughs) Waves it. And you hear Alzen cough a little bit, and that cough echoes through the entirety of the courtyard as the spell takes hold. He says, oh, I... I didn't realize the spell was in effect. And uh, a little bit of a laugh goes through the crowd. He says, well, I suppose I should better I better get started. And he kind of turns around, cracks his neck a couple of times, turns back and says, <clears throat> Welcome, everyone, to the 15th annual Kamadi Mead Festival! And the crowd Fuck. just begins to erupt in cheers. Uh, everyone's screaming and laughing, going, yeah! You see drinks get held up into the air. Uh, food, A couple of the food platters go flying, which you assume is expected. And then he points at himself and takes a little bow and says, For those who do not know me, my name is Alzen Dervish, and I started the Kamani Meadery 146 years ago. He says, and he, he calms down a little bit and says, When I started this meadery, the world was very different. It was a time of war, a time of harsh reality, and a time where happiness was rather hard to find. Now, when the war ended, I was determined to do something, even something small, to bring a little bit of joy back into this lifeless world. And now, any motions all around him, you can see the results! And the crowd goes wild again with their cheers. He lets them go on for a little while and says, I won't bore you with ancient history. You know what you're here for. Take this time, eat good food, drink good mead, and celebrate this time of peace. And with that, the audience just goes into this big round of applause, at which point they all begin to disperse. A lot of them go towards the meadery itself. You think that they are going to sign up for tours. Several head down to the vendor area. There's a much larger vendor area in the the north courtyard, uh, and several head to the south. Uh, Chris, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, as, uh, like, Gork and I are, like, patrolling on the other end, I'm like, you're like, Gork, did you you feel that just now? Gork feels... Energized and powered. Where is the nearest mead? I don't know, but it's it's almost as if I felt fifty gold pieces cry out in pain. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you! I already have my bag out, out and I'm pointing out, counting out the coins. I uh, Bartholomew is just astonished by he didn't know if he was going to actually win this or not, and you you could if you're on the stage and you're looking in that direction, you can see him kind of like putting his hands together and like going, yeah, that's, oh man, ah, richer. <laughs> so for the record, Bartholomew, um, you are at the south stage. I still heard it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> heard it. It was echoey enough that everybody heard the speech, but uh, you wouldn't be able to see the south stage from the north stage. The meter itself blocks the view. 
Gotcha. I feel Bartholomew would have felt the pain of a tiefling losing through space and time, though. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody in the party immediately feels the loss of coin, and everybody but Ugh. Caitlin is happy about it. Um, Fuck all of you. Remembering, of course, that it's Barnum that's going to get the money, but has promised to buy you several rounds of drinks tonight, Bartholomew. Cry. Oh, he was giving me half. <laughs> Let cry. Let cry. Okay. Yeah, okay. I remember differently, but uh, I'm oh. not going to question it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. That being said, Barnum turns to look at you, and he just kind of holds out a hand. <laughs> Come on. Look. Cough it up. You know, I feel there was an unfair advantage. You've been here before. You took the bet anyway. Uh, ha- can I draw you a picture <laughs> oh of God. gold? You can draw me a okay. picture of a bag and then put the gold in the picture of the bag. Uh, okay, here you go. I hand over my 50 gold. Um, and as he kind of, he takes it and he, he doesn't count it. He trusts you and he just kind of looks at it and he says, uh, it's nice getting 25 gold like this. What do you mean 25? Oh, I promised Bartholomew the other half. That slimy snake. I am going to have some strong words with him when I see him later. And I get up and I run back over to where they're going to have the tours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent. Just excellent. At this point, when you run back, you don't see Nabot anywhere. Uh, And Lena, who is there getting ready to start the next tour, says that she's already gone through with the first group. Looking up, you can see Lathai watching over you, and he gives you a small wave. And down at the other end, you can see Uther passing through the door, headed into the bottling area. Okay. Uh, As the tour is formed... You are asked to kind of step away. Uh, you're, you're meant to be more of a guarding presence than within the group itself. You'll be trailing behind them. Uh, and as the tours go on, once every 15 or 20 minutes, you walk through, see the same people. Uh, people seem to ask the same questions. They're all pretty dumb. Something like, why are the labels the way that they are? Or when do we get the mead? Or what's this? And then they touch something in the award case. Uh, In fact, I actually need you to give me a couple of uh, dexterity saving throws. Three, to be precise. I will roll three dice. Ooh, pretty okay. Uh, The first one was 17. The second one was 20. And the third one was 13. Very nice. Um, The third group that you go with has several people who are not children, because again, this is an alcohol festival, but barely drinking age. Uh, And as they go through, you see them kind of touching every award. They're the type of people who need to go through and feel the need to touch absolutely everything in the store. Uh, They were clearly (laughs) never told to stop by kids. Uh, And in fact, Uther, I actually need you to give me a perception check. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a great 11. An 11. Uh, an 11 is actually enough. The DC was 10 because, as we all know, Uther can sense a noble a mile away. His hatred just stems and flows out of him. And you can immediately tell that these kids were raised spoiled by their clothes, oh. by their mannerisms, just by everything. And this is why it's probably a good thing that you're up on the catwalk and not down with the touring group. Oh yeah. And as they're kind of touching the trophies, you see them pick up one. Uh, one of one of the individuals picks up one of the trophies, and as she puts it back on the shelf, she misses slightly, and it begins to tip and fall. Now, Caitlin, you make a dive and manage to catch it before it hits the ground. Uh, Lena, who's doing this particular tour, looks very impressed. 
Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to please not touch anything. I am sorry, but uh, we would like you to keep your hands to yourself. Thank you so much. She turns around and she looks at you and she says, I thought the help were supposed to be quiet. <gasps> oh, uh, you don't want to see me any louder. So please keep your hands to yourself. Um, can, can I use minor illusion? Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> Uther, let me take this one. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. I'll, I'll let you take it. I was just going to support you. Well, I'm a royal talking to a royal, so I'm going to fuck her up. <laughs> all right, all right. Go, go ahead. That was pretty hilarious, Caitlin. I'll let you take inspiration for that, too. Thank you. Um, okay. She, as you say that the second time, she takes a closer look at you and decides that she doesn't want to have anything to do with you and that pissing you off is probably the wrong answer. Uh, we'll turn back around and go the other way. Uh, you notice I with call. a satisfied little smirk that Nabot, who is actually walking back alone to take the next tour group, as she passes by, you see a little, a little flash. You don't really know what it was. And then you look back and the front of her clothing is just stained with something. <laughs> Hey, Nabot. Yeah? How you doing? Great now. She throws another empty into the garbage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, she goes, hey, hey, champ. hey, hey. I didn't drink that one. She points at the noble. <laughs> oh, did they toss it on your clothes? I apologize for that. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I, I said something uh, a little bit incorrectly here. Nabot threw the alcohol on the noble. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I give her a high five and I continue walking. Then she throws it away. She gives you a high five, and that's when the noble looks down and just lets out this shriek. My clothes! <laughs> no! On the top? Oh, boo hoo! <laughs> Caitlin, make a perception check. I'm sorry, what? I said, Caitlin, make a perception check. Uh, um, uh, 13. 13. You heard that, and you look up, and you notice that as the tour group keeps continuing, Uther is just kind of up on the catwalk, staring down through the floor at you in the group. And as you make your <laughs> way forward, he kind of takes another three steps to follow this particular group. <laughs> um, I, like, give him eyebrows and wave and be like... I wave back. <laughs> As you look towards the other end of the room, you can see Lafai just kind of casually leaning against one of the railings, watching this whole interaction go down. <laughs> what an ordeal. Mm -hmm. And his um, smile never broke. The second time you deal with something like this, it's a little bit different. It's actually a, a larger gentleman who walks in, and he's clearly already had too much. Uh, as he walks by, rather than trying to grab the statues, he actually stumbles into one of the shelves. Uh, the glass on the front of it breaks immediately, and uh, the first bottle that you saw before starts to tumble out of the shelf itself. With another excellent diving catch, you manage to A, grab the bottle in one hand, and B, push the gentleman so that he falls over not into a different shelf. And those yes. are your other two rolls. Excellent work. You are now holding what is considered by the Kamani Meadery to be a priceless artifact. Oh, God. I am so glad this did not break. Uh, Lena, should I just put it on the shelf? Should I give it to you? There's nothing guarding it anymore. Do you want it? <laughs> Lena will come in and take it. She'll say, "Good. I will be right back. Keep the group here. Okay. Can do. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the drunk individual is currently struggling to stand up. 
Um, Here, sir, let me uh, let me help you up. Uh, as he as you try and help him up, he reaches out with a hand and attempts to shove you while on the ground. Uh, what's your armor class, Caitlin? Uh, my armor class is 14. 14. He's rolling at disadvantage because he's drunk as fuck. Um, <laughs> but that's still a 15 on the die. So unfortunately, he does manage to shove you. Um, as you fly sideways, Uther, you see this happen. What do you do? Hmm. Can you repeat it one more time for me? Uh, a drunk individual that has just destroyed a priceless artifact or attempted to destroy a priceless artifact of the metery has just shoved your party member over. Okay, in that case, um, I'm going to use, uh, again, Minor Illusion. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to project... Uh, I'm going to project Gork. There, there we go. No. <laughs> yes. I'm going to project Gork just uh, menacing, be- uh, like standing behind... Uh, um, uh, wow, my brand is shitty off. Yes. The drunk guy? No, behind Caitlyn. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Um, Caitlin, how you don't tall are intimidate him? Storebot is fine. How tall am I? Yeah. I'm like five, 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 six. Okay. Um, so you look behind you. Um, you. You hear the sounds of something coming from above you. You look behind you, and there's a very short gork <laughs> that proportionally <laughs> doesn't look right because minor illusion has dimensions that you have to meet. Um, uh. It's... Less intimidating and more horrific, <laughs> but it seems to do the job. Uh, however, as the individual looks, his focus is no longer on you. It's actually on the little gork, and as it kind of stares at him, he, he starts standing up, and as he's swaying, he's swinging at, uh, swinging at Illusion Gork. <laughs> at this point, Lena has returned and says, Sir, sir, and as you're getting ready to deal with him in a necessary way you hear a quick flicking sound and something conks the guy right in the back of the head at which point he drops to his knees and then falls face first into the illusion gork which vanishes uh you look up and you can see lathai has his bow drawn uh and taking a look at the ammo he has hit the guy with a blunt arrow (laughs) (laughs) got it over the next several minutes, the tour continues, and the guy is dragged off to go cool down, sober up, and then get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the save, you two. <laughs> Lathai just sort of waves his hand. I nod. Okay. So we're going to move on to the outside group, the group in the southern courtyard. It's been a lively day. Uh, the performers are wonderful, and Bartholomew, you've actually taken down a couple of things, and you're like, Wow. These guys are really good. Mm. Uh, You're just thinking about music that you can play in your head when you're going through the heat of battle. Things like that. Uh, There was a comedian that came up that told some really, really terrible jokes. And it's just been a relatively good day for you. You've seen tour groups exiting. Um, A couple of times you've seen a glimpse of Caitlyn before she turns around and goes back in. Uh, and you keep seeing Marcus and Gork as they patrol up and down the vendor areas. Uh, <laughs> Marcus and Gork, your day has been a little bit livelier. Um, watching the patrols, you can see the sale of goods going on at all of these vendor places, and you can see the variety of things that are being offered. Several of the uh, the booths that you see are also alcohol vendors, and people are swarming at a couple of different ones. Marcus, you notice this more than Gork does. Sorry, Gork. That's okay. I'm too busy trying to measure the dimensions of the corridor and understand why the walls are so far apart. (laughs) 
absolutely. <laughs> the walls are the walls of the metery grounds. <laughs> <laughs> Not much of a corridor. Um, Marcus, you notice that the two booths that are getting the most attention, or there are three getting a lot of attention, but the first two that you notice are supposedly rival breweries. You get some of that information just from listening to conversations from passersby. One of them is called the Armistice Brewery, um, and the other... Uh, and the Armistice Brewery is in uh, Proctor. It's a town called Proctor. And the other is the Bellman Meadery. You get small tidbits of information, but you th- you learn that they've been in competition with the Kamani Meadery for a number of years, but that Alzen Dervish and his business has been doing so much better than them that they're like, ah, mm. screw it, we may as well get the business where we can. Yeah. What was the name of the second brewery? Uh, Bellman. B-E-L-L-M-A-N. I'm fucking Trevor Bellman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor fucking Bellman. <laughs> Castlevania, so good. Uh, Die, monster, monster, monster. Uh, Gork, you actually noticed the third tent, but uh, not not for reasons that you uh, you thought you would. As you're kind of walking along a few hours into the festival, uh, something brushes by your leg, and you feel a tug as though something's poking you in the left leg. You look down, and you see... A, a, a lot of golden curls bouncing up and down, and, and you see as she turns her face up, Mama Freya is staring at you. Yay! Oh, the bread lady! Ah. <laughs> and she oh, kind of... Pick... Uh-huh. It's like I pick her up, bring her up to my bring her up to my height, which is, you know, <laughs> As you pick her up, she starts flailing her arms a little bit, and she looks a little bit worried, but as she begins to steady herself, she just kind of pats you on the arm and then points back to the ground. Ah, yes. <laughs> On the ground. Sorry, Gork is very tall. <laughs> and as you as you let go of her, she actually reaches up and grabs your hand and starts tugging at you, as uh, though asking you to follow her. Just, uh, just Gork. Will, God, this is bad for Gork's lumbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, Another big word for Gork. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Marcus, you see this happen, and you're welcome to follow if you like. Uh, yeah, I guess I will. And Marcus is just like, uh, is. Is this urgent? What's happening? Um, There is bread lady. With with her other hand, she motions you to join, and she pulls you over to her tent and her stand, where she's selling her goods. And she points, and you see (laughs) the centerpiece of her stand is another enormous bread statue of Gork. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This is Gloria, uh, and he's in a, a big pose, kind of going like this, one hand outward, the other looking up. Uh, it almost looks like he's about to flex. You are the best bread lady ever. <laughs> and she kind of bounces up and down and claps a couple of times, and you can see some of the people who are buying from uh, her other employees kind of look up and they kind of point at you as they see you and point at the statue, and they just kind of uh, uh, clamor around themselves to get a look at Mama Freya and you. Um, <laughs> She will uh, bend you, like bend you down, pull your arm until you get down, and she'll kind of pat you on the cheek, and then she'll move over and grab a plate of bread and hand it to you. Thank you, Miss uh, Miss Bread Lady. This is the best part ever. <laughs> until later, but still the best. Say, I will say, I am impressed. She'll look and she'll nod as she hands you a plate as well, Marcus. Oh. Well, thank you. At this point, we're gonna actually move back. To Caitlin and Uther inside the meadery. It's been about five hours. It's been a long ass day. It's maybe four o'clock in the afternoon. Most people are drunk as hell at this point, uh, eating a lot of food, listening to the performances. 
The tour groups have gotten smaller. Uther. I need you to give me an investigation check, please. All right. I'm getting the tinglies. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything your character say sexual? <laughs> no, I said the tinglies. That's not sexual. With Invest you, it is. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> an accurate statement. It's not innately sexual. Oh. Okay, investigation. <laughs> well, 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 well. Um, that's going to be a, a, a 25. A 25. Ooh. Oh, An oh investigation. Oh, investigation. My name is I roll well. I'm here to investigate. I can investigate very well. <laughs> he, just, he just heard a freaking fly fart. As you walk by through the bottling area, you can see Lathai on the other end taking a look at the next tour group that's coming in. You can see that uh, Nagat is there. Or Nabat, excuse me. Um is there leading them in and you take a look to the right where there's supposed to be a door leading to a an out of bounds area and something about it looks off as you go closer and you investigate you can see that the handle has been broken and the door is slightly ajar what do you do hmm <sighs> shit I have no choice. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to look he over. Shits. No. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, dialogue versus internal monologue. <laughs> uh, Give it to your curiosity. Do it. Do it. Uh, so I'm going to, <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, signal to Lathai there saying that uh, I see something weird and I'm going to go check it out. So I'm going to make um, my Lathai way towards the door. Lefai will wander over to you, and upon seeing what you're seeing, he pulls his bow out, and he looks alert, and he kind of nods at you. Cover me. I'm trusting you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of internal conflict here. Lefai says, please, Uther, just go in. <sighs> Fine. Best so I, I like shrug my shoulders, and I start and I start heading towards the door. Okay. Um, as you make your way in, Lathai stays about 15 feet behind you, but he follows. The catwalk ex extends into a darkened area of the meadery. Uh, what's your passive perception, Uther? My passive perception uh, is 13. 13. There's some sort of sound in here that sounds wrong. It's like a humming, hmm. like a buzzing. Does this and it sound... seems to be getting louder. Does this sound like anything from the metery itself? Like any of their equipment? No, most of the equipment in this room is off mm. or is not currently being operated. However, you can see that there's a doorway on the ground level where light is coming from, where it shouldn't be. It doesn't lead to the outside. All right, I'm going to make my way towards the, the light then. Okay. You start walking across the catwalk. You look behind, and Lathai is scanning the ground underneath you, bow drawn, now an arrow knocked. Um, the humming appears to be getting louder, and now you can hear the sounds of people arguing, but it's too far for you to understand any of what they're saying. Okay. Well, I'm we're gonna... Actually gonna... We're actually going to move back to the group outside right now ah. as you begin to make your way across the catwalk. Okay. The festival has begun to die down. As I explained to those who are working inside, most people are drunk. 
Bartholomew, the table near the tables near you are filled to the mm. brim. A lot of people have passed out on them. Several more are going back for more ale, more beer, more mead. The plates of food have all but run out. You can see Mama Freya has run out of stock. <laughs> good for her. Uh, it's been a good day, sales-wise. As the three of you, Bartholomew, Marcus, and Gork, are doing your rounds, you hear a small popping sound coming from the direction of the meadery itself, which it sounds small, but to have reached you all the way here, it must have been rather loud. What? And then you hear an explosion come from the meadery itself. The top level, the roof bursts outward, and a ton of bricks and wood rain down on the guests. And now you can hear the buzzing, the loud buzzing sound that is filling the entirety of the air, and something enormous launches itself out of the meadery. It's striped black and yellow as its long sinewy arms release itself and you can see the wings unfurling as the enormous queen bee dragon takes flight. With a screech, you see molten honey start spreading its way across the entirety of the courtyard. And you hear a smaller buzzing sound as dozens upon dozens of other creatures begin to flood out of the meadery and towards the unsuspecting guests. Oh my god. Oh shit. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Fuck. <laughs> okay, oh. damn it. It's Glory oh. time. <laughs> Cue the Godzilla music. This is why dun, I said dun, that only recording dun. one today was going to be a problem for the party. <laughs> shit. We're going to have a tough time oh. next time. Yeah. All right. Oh, no. Sorry, gonna... Buzzy oh, once no. told me. <laughs> I made the molten honey. Thank you so much for that joke. I know what it does. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, Oh, yeah. No metagaming for those of you that have read the creature compendium. I made this one. (laughs) Oh, you made this one? Josh Josh and I talked a lot about this one. Yeah. Oh, man. The two of them wrote it. But no looking in the books. No cheating. Oh, man. So you're saying that I can't go to (laughs) CaitlinMcCaig.com? <laughs> and purchase a Caitlin McCaig's complete creature compendium. Dude, you sell better out. for me than I sell for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be fun. But legit, yeah, if you guys want to see what the bee dragon is before we fight it in next episode, you can go to caitlinmckaig.com forward slash shop. There's physical and digital copies available of the creature compendium online. And we'll get more into that next time. Yeah. So, for the quick outro, I'm practically a buzz. <sighs> anybody <laughs> who makes b anybody who makes b puns next episode is going to be rolling a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold it. myself. T- I'm going to make wasp puns. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the molten we honey we'll specifically lands on all five of you, <laughs> killing you instantly. <laughs> I'll uh, behave. So big. Uh, be <laughs> you're all going to be rolling new characters. <laughs> oh. I cannot believe that really stings. <sighs> the audience will be abuzz with a set excitement. Oh. All right. That being said, really outro time. Uh, thank you very much again, everybody, for tuning into another episode of the Roaring D20s podcast. As always. 
please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever medium you are using, whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, if you liked us, let us know. If you like the podcast, if you like the content, please let us know. If you didn't like it, also please let us know. We're always looking for ways we can improve. That being said, we are trying to get it a little more out there. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell that weird guy who stands on the corner. Uh, just tell everybody <laughs> that you can find about our podcast so that we can hopefully uh, make this bigger. We're really excited to. And tell we will mom. see you all in two weeks for the battle with the bee dragons. Time to go <laughs> comatose with the, the pizza compendium. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>